to the Show Up and Stay podcast. I'm your host, Deanne Knighton. Welcome to part two of our episodes on emotion. You had a thought, it caused a feeling, that feeling makes you want to drink. One of the key things to start to unpack is what is that feeling? Can I name that feeling? Then I'm going to work backwards and figure out what the thought is that is generating the feeling. But that's later. Because believe it or not, if you can just simply name it, you can lessen your own fear about it. Start with a tool that exists. You can always build your own. Here's the thing. Emotion work is everywhere. You can work in all kinds of models. You can determine how emotions work in your body a variety of different ways, anywhere from positive or negative to six core emotions up to 36 plus to wheels that are so complicated that it make your head spin or absolutely make you enthusiastic because you love that level of detail. This is a personal experience. Trying to figure out what is happening in your body physically when you experience an emotion, there are some generalities there, but there's going to be things that are going to be specific to you. As an example, anxiety for me took me a long time to figure this out, almost 40 years. But yes, I get a rapid heart rate. Yes, I feel it in my stomach, but it is also accompanied for me by the sensation that I'm holding back tears. I never actually really cry, but I can feel a sensation of holding back tears. portion of the information that I pulled around the physical phenomenon of this emotional mapping comes from the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America in a study they did in 2014. I'll link information to this study to the show notes. What we're going to do is move from a range of negative to neutral to positive emotions I'm going to outline the emotion for you. I'm going to outline what is happening in the physical body when that emotion is being experienced. As a general rule, there are some emotional subcategories related to each of these emotions as well that I will outline for you. And then lastly, I'll give you just a little bit of color and some substance about what this emotion is about and what it is that you're supposed to do with it if you feel it. And starting to make that mind-body connection of the two. So what I want you to do is envision a human body. The head, the shoulders, the arms, the torso, and the legs. And I want you to envision those as blank canvases. What this represents is that it is not deactivated nor is it activated. It is simply in neutrality. Some useful imagery around this would be to think of a chalk outline of a body in a murder movie. Pleasant, but it helps. A few other things I want to point out. This is going to be a first-time pass through this information, 
If you are listening, you're not able to look into any of the visual resources that maybe I talked about that I would be linking in the show notes, please don't worry. Just know that there'll be times when I'm running through the description of what the physical reaction in the body is, that it might be a little bit confusing to follow, but just bear with it for a moment. I promise it all comes together. And even without really fully understanding that concept, there's a really important message that's kind of underlying all of it that I think will still come through. So just a few definitions. So if you picture this body, void of color, when I start to describe emotional reactions in the body, I'll be utilizing activation and deactivation to note to you that the body is now feeling either an increase or decrease activation or deactivation in blood flow to a particular area of the body. As you would imagine, increased blood flow or decreased blood flow also has temperature variations. Increased blood flow is typically going to generate heat. So if you think of anger, decreased blood flow is going to create a cooling effect, different than a neutral effect. Neutral would signify kind of a balance, not an activation or deactivation of any kind. One other quick semantics thing to mention is when I say something like positive activation, what that means is activation that is creating a positive feeling versus activation that is creating a negative feeling. That's it. No more setup. It's time to get going. This is the all-encompassing feeling of sadness. Sadness will be felt in your body as no activation or reactivation in your core, your gut feeling. You will have a negative activation, a redness, but a negative redness that you'll feel through your chest, your throat, and eyes. And that's that feeling, right? Tears are coming. I'm not talking just about a little cry or um, a little bit of emotion behind a movie. I'm talking about the real type of crying. And that comes physically out of the chest and the gut in some cases. Sadness will also involve a deactivation in the arms and the legs. You'll feel body aches as a result of the blood flow changing, that crying and slouching, absolute painful activation that you feel in that hard space, different than the warmth activation that you may feel in a state of happiness that we'll talk about later. Sadness is related to other sub-emotions of loneliness, situational apathy, acute or situational depression, despair, or abandonment. What are you supposed to do with this? What is this about? The loneliness that you can feel in early recovery is very real. You will feel it, but you will also find ways to change it. It may happen quickly. It may take a while. You may need to grieve your past life. You may have to grieve relationships that you've had to leave behind. You may have to actually grieve your relationship to the substance that you are leaving behind. There is a disturbing truth to the statement that alcohol is my only friend. That emotional regulation that that substance has caused for you 
has replaced the emotional regulation caused through intimacy and connection with another human being. It's going to take time to move away from that state to either a neutral or more positive state. Just know it's not forever. But also be conscious that it is okay to mourn something that feels wrong to you. It is okay to feel sadness around things, even if they were harmful to you, even if they weren't bringing out the best in you, even if they weren't doing good things for you or your life or the people in your life, it doesn't mean that you have to create another level of shame because you are struggling with letting go of it. Create some space for that. It's really, really important for the healing process. Depression. For me, actually grasping this particular bodily response helped me move towards the rest of the emotions over time. I want you to picture this depressed body with a neutral torso, a reasonably neutral head, but potentially some slight deactivation and completely blue legs and arms representing a deactivation in the arms and legs. This could be best defined as an emptiness in the heart and gut. It's a complete lack. And then it's emphasized by this potential feeling of disconnection or deactivation in the arms and legs. Depression can encompass overall apathy and obviously an overall general chronic depressive state. There are acute forms of depression that may manifest in other areas. The chronic form is what we're describing here and what is going to feel like some shutdown has occurred over time in this physical body. And mostly it is a complete lack of activation that occurs in response to any sort of stimuli. What are you supposed to do with this feeling? It's going to take help to get this one solved. Acknowledge it, get help, talk to someone, remind yourself that this void that you are feeling does not have to be your forever state. Let's talk about shame. Picture some blue deactivation in the arms, also in the legs, but cold hands. Picture a negative activation in the chest and a burning in the face, right? That's that, that shame we feel, that embarrassment on a smaller scale when we think of embarrassment. But when we're talking about shame, we're talking about something different. This is something that has occurred that is in complete counter to the person you see yourself being. It may be something that you feel like you caused. It could create feelings of aversion guilt, disapproval, and disgust in yourself. I want you to think about the physical manifestation of this. You probably can think of that thing, that thing that you can't think about that is there. And when you do, your whole physical being shifts and you feel it and you run from it because it feels too hard to look at. Those are typically the things that are rooted in shame. 
your body language may be that you want to disappear when you feel it, not exist, you're blushing, you have a hot face. You feel this also potentially in the throat when you think about that physical urge to scoff as if like you were eating an apple full of worms and you wanted to get it out of your throat. Think of that feeling. That feeling can also be associated, that desire to want to scoff in that way can also be connected to shame. What is this about? What do you do with it? This is a big one. You're going to spend time probably remembering things that you've tried to forget, things that maybe you did when you were drinking, things that maybe you can't fully recall, but that still, for whatever reason, carry a large amount of shame with you, maybe partially because you can't recall it. Perhaps there's things that you have blocked out that are resurfacing, memories that are coming forward at unexpected times that are going to bring forth these shameful feelings. Just know that that's normal. And find a trusted arena that you can process those feelings. They are the key to your healing. Shame lives in the dark. Find a means to give them light with proper professional care. I can't stress this enough. Anger. This is red from the upper torso all the way to the head, all the way to the arms in a negative activation state. It comes across as tension clenched fists, upper body tightening and heat, flushed face, tight jaw, racing heart. There are greater and lesser manifestations of this, but all of the energy is in that upper part of the body and the rest of the body is completely deactivated. This is how you know that you are living in that anger state. So different than shame, right? Shame will be in your gut. Fear will be in your gut. Anger will be above your gut. Its subcategories can be hurt, insecurity, hate, aggression, frustration, contempt, and envy. Frustration caused by perceived views of others, including envy, jealousy, hostile judgment, the feelings that things are unfair and that others have it better than you. People who are going to a party that you can't go to anymore might cause this feeling. Envy of people who seem to be able to drink normally. God, I hated these people. They did nothing to me. I hated them. I had contempt for them. This is that yucky, toxic judgment. Again, that person did nothing, but this feeling of envy that surrounds them is bringing this low-level anger into your body. What do you do with this? Well, just know that it's going to be a part of things for you for a little while and maybe a little bit louder than you're used to it being. It maybe has been a particular emotion that you have drowned with your substance in the past. You're going to feel frustrated to not be able to have the thing that you want when you want it. You've been used to giving yourself this particular crutch whenever, for the most part, you needed it. It's going to cause angst and the perception that things aren't fair and it's going to cause self-rebellion. If you are somebody who is wired to push against authority and you are now telling yourself that you cannot have this one thing, the one thing that you want, you've got to watch for yourself actually trying to actively rebel against yourself. I like thinking of it that way. That was helpful for me because when they were all muddied together, when the two feelings were combined, 
I couldn't make any sense of it. But when I think of it that way, as almost this other version, that maybe teenage version of myself who started this whole drinking thing in the first place, that teenage version of myself coming forward and rebelling against my attempts to regulate myself now at this point in my life. And when I think of it that way, I actually feel like it creates some space for me to be able to accept the emotion a little bit differently. So maybe that's a little tip that could work for you. You're going to have a perception that things aren't fair. And you're right. Sometimes they aren't. But you're here and you can do this. Now let's talk about fear. This is one of, oddly enough, my favorites because it is the one that I am the most acquainted with. Fear has controlled my life for as long as I can remember. Fear of abandonment, fear of loss, fear of rejection, all the fears. Um, And as a result of that, believe it or not, it's also one of the emotional centers that I had the hardest time sort of identifying. I was so used to living in a perpetual state of fear that I actually was hardly unable to recognize it unless I felt its absence. And I struggled to know what the absence of fear was and what that meant for me emotionally. Not saying you have to take all of that in. That's just me. So fear, right? Fear is interesting because in this particular Uh, description of it, it's going to cover two areas of fear. You have fear that is rooted in a result of an actual physical threat or near miss of a physical threat, that actual threat to your physical safety or harm or physical safety of someone else that would actually create a catastrophic result, uh, something you can't come back from, something our, our worst fears. But what's interesting is for those of us with anxiety, it is not this real fear feeling that plagues us. It is not the fear tied to that threat that is near and real, near and present danger, clear and present danger. What it actually is, is our anxiety caused by a perceived threat of a negative future consequence. The overwhelm we feel because you believe you will not get something done, as an example. So you ruminate that you will not be able to do it, that you won't be able to accomplish something. That will create overwhelm. Suddenly, that overwhelm will cause you to want to get rid of that feeling that it is causing. And what it is causing in your physical body is similar to the same feeling you would be feeling if you were trying to protect yourself from a physical bodily threat. You'll have negative activation in your legs and your arms, but you will have heat in your hands. Think sweaty palms. There will be a connection from your chest to your gut. This to me is the most identifiable part of this particular emotion for me because I can feel that connection. It actually even manifests for me in feelings like obviously nausea and heartburn. Um, There's actually that physical ramification of those two centers being connected with sort of this negative activation, this negative red feeling that's happening in my stomach and obviously in my chest. And the chest is on fire because of your heart pounding. Obviously, the heart pounding is an easy one to identify. If you're quiet enough for just a moment, you're feeling that stomach feeling, you can typically realize that you have a pounding heart if you take the time 
to kind of connect those two things. What do we do with this? Oh, this one, for me, I believe will be my life's work. And I'm okay with that because luckily I have been able to activate some of the other facets of the human experience that make all of it worthwhile. But this is still something that I will be working against and fighting against for the rest of my life. There are all kinds of different resources and ways to take care of your anxiety. Just know that it's really normal in early recovery if you suffer from anxiety for it to be pronounced, for you to feel it more. You don't have some of that deregulation of this negative emotion that unfortunately used to be met by your substance of choice. It is normal for this to be heightened to a greater degree in early recovery. It's also important to note that as much as it felt like alcohol was creating a level of distance for you from this uncomfortable feeling, that over time, it was only adding to it. And I think for anyone who has consumed alcohol over a long period of time in conjunction with a high level of anxiety, if you stop and consider the timeline of when things shifted from drinking to problem drinking, you're also going to be able to know an increase in fear and worry that was associated with your drinking that also caused you to drink more. The darkest, most insidious cycle that you can find yourself in, and a lot of it is subconscious. So I also ask you, as you are evaluating your own shame and self-judgment around your choices, to consider this, give yourself a break. You're here now, you're moving forward differently, and we want to help you do that. I don't know why it took me so long to figure out anxiety. It was right here in this song by Eminem. I'm not going to rap. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready. The next state would be that homeostasis, neutral state. It is a lack of activation or deactivation in the body. It is simply existing, just being. Sometimes neutral, especially in early recovery, is a great place to start. So let's get into the positive emotions. Believe it or not, I only have two on this list. There there are two that I think are worth sort of separating and acknowledging as you're starting to open up yourself to that fringe of the human experience. The first one is happiness. You go from this neutral state to a positive activation that is strongest most in your head and your chest, but also permeates from head to toe. You'll feel relaxed or you may feel some welcome positive tension as a result of awe or just disbelief that something can be so good or that something that you never thought could be yours now is. The emotional subcategories are pride, and optimism, inspiration, hope, courage, curiosity, joy, and awe. Your body could feel still, soft, You may feel prepped to take a deep breath of relief, or perhaps one to fill your lungs and make you feel taller. You may feel more awake. 
Feel the beam returning that is your positive self-regard. Accept the beauty of that feeling you get when you realize you are doing it. The thing you never thought would be possible. Don't discount it. Use it as fuel. It takes a while to get used to it, but it is so much better than an artificial high. It's been said many times, I'm sure that you've heard it, that the opposite of addiction is connection. And to me, love is the space where connection exists. Love manifests itself physically as a warmth that you can envision as a glow coming from your head, but of course, from your heart space, a buzzing can generate a calming, awake feeling, a resignation of sorts, but a peaceful one, something that just opens you up to a new way of thinking that had felt lost to you. That's where the resignation comes in. It's almost like a letting down of the guard. This emotion is felt in direct relation to another being, a group of beings, or in relationship to yourself. Perhaps you've opened yourself up to accept help from someone, someone that maybe you never felt worthy of accepting help from in the past, but now you're open to it. You may have been able to recognize your own value to a community or another person in your life, a relationship that maybe you thought was past the point of repair that is now on its way to healing. You may be able to find a way to see yourself differently, and it feels good. Don't let it pass you by just because right now you don't think you deserve it. I promise you, you deserve it. And the world deserves you. Hey, I really want to thank you for showing up for yourself today. I also want to thank you for staying unintended. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. I know this was a meaty one. Of course, as we get through our work on the application, these concepts will be captured there as well. I would love to hear your feedback. So with the team, you can reach us at info at showupandstay.org. We are donation-based. If you're interested in supporting us, there are options for doing so on our website. You've got me feeling emotions higher than the heavens above. Oh, yeah, girl. Get it. That's a little Mariah Carey.